everybody, and welcome to Bitch Breathe. This is our safe space where we get to rage and breathe and come together to talk about all the shit that life has in store for us sometimes, and but also talk about all the good stuff. So today, however, I picked a topic that is very close to my heart that has a lot of meaning and maybe sometimes unwanted importance for me. It's also been a very personal issue, which is why I took what is obviously now more than a couple of decades to come out about it. And the topic is anxiety and how yoga and breathing techniques can help with that. So why am I coming out with this now? I think it's probably obvious with the pandemic going on and the issues and anxieties that are all around this global threat, if you will, I've felt like it's time to maybe pipe up and talk about anxiety. I had a similar phase where I thought maybe I should talk about it back in the day when I lived in New York, New York City, and September 11th happened. Uh, because everybody was scared, it was okay to talk about my anxiety. For once, I didn't have to sort of hide it or tuck it away because I was always scared people would think I'm crazy or I need medication or I had these really irrational thoughts, and we'll get to that a little bit later, while I was having an anxiety attack that somebody would just lock me away because clearly I'm unhinged and not fit to face society. But during the attacks and the aftermath, everybody was anxious and scared. So I'm like, ah, well, you know, welcome to my world (laughs) of the last uh, 20 years or so back then. So it felt like maybe I could talk about it. But then I tucked it away again. New Yorkers are nothing if not resilient. So sooner rather than later, we all returned to not normal, but a level of new normal. And in some ways, the experience of the pandemic now has felt similar in that globally now, even more so than during the attacks back in, back in the day, uh, people are scared. People are facing financial issues, health issues. Maybe loved ones have actually uh, been taken by the disease. Uh, there's the homeschooling from the man- mundane to the absolutely fundamental. A lot of things have shifted and changed around in ways that are no longer recognizable to us. And I think in some ways we might divide our lives in between, uh, between like before the corona and after corona. And I know for sure, for sure that that's what happened for me, that my life became a before September 11th and after, and now again before and after Corona. So that's just to say why I want to talk about it now. And, you know, just to sort of get into the actual issue now. To be honest, I had started writing about it. And I wrote that I don't even like to write the word anxiety. I don't like to say it either. Because depending on where I'm at in my life right now, just saying it can trigger a hundred different reactions, none of which are pleasant, or at least they didn't used to be. And so what are some of the, um, you know, the issues around anxiety? But maybe before I say that, I want to say that obviously nothing of what I say is based on my having a medical background 
or done extensive research or any of these things. I'm literally, very literally speaking from a very personal point of view, from my experience, the tools that have helped me. And this in no way substitutes a visit to a professional, uh, a doctor, a psychological expert, and it certainly doesn't substitute uh, treatment, medical treatment, even medication, if that is what literally the doctor ordered. But I did want to talk about this from my point of view because I'm hoping that by sharing it, I maybe, maybe can accomplish one of or even both things. First of all, the, the taboo around it, about mental hygiene, mental health, mental wealth even. And the second is that hopefully some of these tools can help you because they certainly helped me. And I think it's important for us to share in the healing, especially in in days or times like these. So how did my anxiety express itself? It could be anything. It could be an external event. It could be I'm sitting in the middle of a conversation with a friend and suddenly it would hit. And some of my symptoms were the heart racing, the accelerated metabolism, a little bit of vertigo maybe, um, certainly nervousness, like a really, really sort of acute nervousness that felt like the ground beneath me was shifting. And some people I know, they, they explain it even uh, in more detail, this fear, as a fear of dying in that moment, like literally feeling, yeah, they're just going to perish. This I didn't have, but that is also a symptom that I've often heard. Um, and this this sort of downward spiraling thoughts, just one tripping over another and before you know it you're in a full-on attack and it's fucking scary I know nothing like it um you know at least when you're faced with a wild animal or something you're like okay yes let's please drive up all the adrenaline and the cortisol which are some of the hormones that start to get amped up right as we become scared and we move into fight or flight or freeze mode uh, but when it's an anxiety attack, and you don't even know why it happened just at that moment because there is no wild animal in your home and no one's attacking you in the conversation you're having. And yet here it is. And it's scary because it feels abstract and there's no causality or apparent causality to it. And it really freaks you out. Any of you, possibly all of you who are listening since this is the topic of the of the little podcast here, you know what I'm talking about. It's isolating, it's scary, it's this white, cold sort of fear that just grabs you and places in your body and makes you hyper alert and you just don't think you're going to even get through the next couple of seconds. And I can't even begin to explain just how scary it is because the only word that keeps coming up is scary and it doesn't feel like it's even moderately appropriate in describing what one goes through as the attack occurs. Um, so this is just the, the, the part about the anxiety, the physical symptoms. But uh, the good news is, I guess, is we usually get through these attacks fairly unharmed right? Even if a little worse for the wear, eventually the heart beats, starts to slow down, we can focus again, and the attack is over. But the big question for me was, and still is, because I, I don't really consider myself healed from it. It's more like sort of being a recovering alcoholic. It, it's not an addiction per se, but you're always under threat. The, you, you always have to monitor your behavior 
um, in some ways, uh, because you're, you're worried it'll come back just like someone who's an alcoholic, but sober, um, or in a, in a phase of sobriety will always fear that one glass, that first sip maybe. And so not to compare anxiety with addiction because those are two very different dynamics, but the onset is a scary thing. And that's, I guess, why I'm drawing this, this parallel, um, so during these times, I frequently, frequently felt like I was living a double life back when I wasn't talking about it. One like everyone else, you know, my rent went up. Now what? How can I get my kid through school? I have so much to do today. But then there's this whole second life, all of the above, plus, oh my God, I cannot move. I'm having palpitations and I need a bathroom stat. And I know I make it sound funny, Mm, it can be when it's done, but until then, quite frankly, you cannot imagine anything worse than what you're experiencing at that moment. And if you've lived through it, obviously, you know what I'm talking about. And um, sometimes I have to laugh, actually, slight digression here. But I love this, Lululemon has this claim where there's a hashtag and it says, do something that scares you every day. And I'm like, are you kidding <laughs> I mean, I got up this morning. Does that count? For real though, like what What if I'm having an attack or an anxious period in my life? How do I get through it more quickly and with less feeling of trauma? So the big question I think I want to answer in this, my very first podcast, people, is uh, what can I do? What can I actually do to get through this? And... um I sort of put together like an action plan. Um, and this one I actually wrote down so I wouldn't forget to say anything to you. So I have like these six steps that I'm hoping are tools for you to use. Maybe all of them, maybe just some of them. But the big thing is, is to have an action plan. Like, right, like, right? like when it happens, um, what are the actionable steps that you can do, that we can do to get us through this? Because at that moment... Again, it's fight or flight or freeze. Freeze seems to discover it the best for me because I can't fight in that moment. All I'm doing is fighting to, to survive maybe just by trying to get through it. I can't run anywhere because what? I'm going to take myself with me. So that's not going to fly. So the freeze is more like it is. I freeze in that moment. It's like, okay, what can I do? So here comes step one of what I think we can do. Call a friend. So you might be disappointed about this one. It doesn't sound very innovative, does it? And yet here I list it literally as the first response. And so um, as I've mentioned in other blog pieces that I've wrote before, um, this is one of the things that I think are the most useful because, again, we have phases of different frequencies. Some years I didn't have much of this at all. I was fine and I didn't really... Um, you know, worry about it, literally. But then there were other years they would happen five, six, seven, ten times a day. So for especially those times, you think that you can't call a friend, but actually I'm hoping that you have the kind of community and you have just one friend or family member that you can call. Um, I was very lucky in my more acute phases um, because... Uh, I was able to call a friend. I had a best friend whom I could call every day or nighttime, and that's what I did. 
I felt the anxiety coming on, the fast-paced breathing. I dialed her number. Sometimes I was in a public place, but who cares? Just in that moment, I said, I can't breathe. I don't know what to do. Please help. Um, my friend didn't offer any magic spell, no psycho bubble. All she said was, honey, you're okay. Your life is okay. And this has nothing to do with your life right now. Or something along those lines. So I had this incredible friend. And it didn't so matter so much what she would said. What matters was that she was there. She heard me, and the distance was just an illusion. So you probably thought of a person right while I said this, your best friend, your brother, mom, whoever it is. So tell Siri on your phone to call that person, to dial that number, and then feel the connection through the phone line and know that nothing can happen to you and that this person w who's who's there will be able to help you. And the most important message that will get through to you is that you are not alone. So that's my first actionable step. Okay, step number two, safe place. So I know we're not able to sort of beam our way to places instantly yet. Nevertheless, our imagination really only has the limits we ourselves create for it, right? So if you can imagine the worst, which is what anxiety attacks make you do, then chances are your imagination is on fire and you are well able to utilize that talent to the opposite effect. So when you've conjured up the worst case scenario and it's causing anxiety, try to step out of the immediate threat matrix and create what I want to call the safe matrix. So this can be a place like actual or imaginary, right? And you could have been there or not yet. It can be a person. It can be a feeling inside of you. And so while you're listening to this, you've probably inadvertently already begun to browse your mental files of places and people, right? So even if you haven't, See if there's a way, a space where you can sort of conjure it up and try to do so when you're not having an acute anxiety attack so that when it comes, you've already got a system or a place, if you will, in place. And the the thing to do here really is to let your mind travel. Think safe. Think the word if you have to, but imagine yourself as being safe. Announce to yourself, I am safe. Because unless you really are experiencing danger, and obviously at that point, anxiety would be the only right response, right? So unless you were in actual danger, know that you are safe. Step number three, substitution. So a few years ago, I had to take an MRI. And I wasn't really nervous before, but when it came to like lie down in the half pipe, my anxiety kicked in with such violence and speed that I, I just didn't know what to do. There's a sort of cage around my face and I'm about to get rolled into something that um, looks like a cremation chamber to me and I'm freaking out. Right. And then there's this there was this really kind technical assistant. She gave me this little red button to press in case I needed to abort mission. And she even asked me, was I OK? Um, I totally wasn't. Right. But I was like, damn it, I need these results. I can't just walk out of here. I need to know what's going on, because at the time I was really scared. I mean, why else would you go into an MRI? Right. So 
Um, I'm lying, I'm lying in there. There's these loud tapping noises in my ear. And all I can think of is how the hell am I going to get out of here, but get the scans that I need to have also. For some reason, my mind starts wandering to like news headlines. Then I remembered that BKS Iyengar, one of the most famous fathers of modern yoga, if you will, he had passed the previous day. Then I remember thinking, man, Iyengar was a really tough cookie because he has this really strict sort of alignment yoga. Then I thought, wow, what would Iyengar do right now? And then I was like, Iyengar would probably do a pranayama, which is uh, Sanskrit for uh, controlling the breath or the, the controlling the life force. So in a way, it's sort of a breathing technique. There are many, many, actually many breathing techniques, right? So I'm thinking, hmm, what kind of breathing technique could I be doing? And so I started very, very basic. And before I knew it, I was counting my breath. So I'm not kidding. By the time it was over, I really was feeling a lot better. And that's literally what I did. I just breathed in for four I didn't hold my breath because holding the breath is, for me, super counterintuitive when I'm having an anxiety attack. And then I exhaled for four and I kept going. And by the time this was over, I'm not kidding, I had almost fallen asleep. So I had substituted my thoughts of anxiety with a news line, followed by several other thoughts. In my case, that just ended in a breathing technique. Maybe yours would end in more thoughts. But I know that in yoga, we want to let thoughts pass like clouds in the sky. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't get attached to any single one. I just kept picking them up, sort of looking at them for a moment and then dropping them again. So the whole aim is just to substitute whatever thought came for those fearful ones without judging the kind of thoughts I was having, just anything, I guess, to not experience fear. Step four, you guessed it, is indeed a breathing technique. And I briefly touched upon it now. Any breathing technique will, go, will do. Just stay curious about what works for you. And again, use the times when you're not having an actual anxiety attack to practice. Because sort of coming up with like a Rolodex of breathing techniques while you're thinking you're probably going to die and your metabolism is accelerated or your heart is racing that's going to be a tough one to do. So see what works for you. Maybe it's the timed breath that I just told you about. Maybe it's inhaling through the nose and prolonging the exhale through the mouth. And that's actually one of the ones I want to mention here is that you inhale through the nose and you exhale through the mouth to the sound of, right? Like that relief and release sound. And even if you're in a public place, you can still do this. You don't have to open your mouth really widely. And just do it a few times until you feel something new arising. Feel the new energy. Remember new as in it has nothing to do with the anxious old energy. And then coming in and out with the breath and really letting go of the used up energy. So that with every exhale, you're letting go of the nervousness. Your body is doing it for you. It knows how. And when you give it the space to do so, that's when the body can work at its best. And there are many more techniques here, but these are just the two most simple ones that I know is the counting in for four, maybe for you it's three or two, and exhaling for the same amount. All right, 
Step 5 or Method 5, Dynamic Meditation. So during karma periods, meditation has been really great to stay somewhat centered and to sort of dive deeper into my inner world. But um, I'm pretty sure it's it's um, a really good tactic for when things are calmer. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's probably made me a friendlier person along the line as well. But nevertheless, when I'm sort of experiencing this acute panic attack or, or even just a hint of it, or I can feel the onset happen, then I can't just sit down and meditate. That's just not going to fly for me. So um, the last thing I want to do is come to a calm place where my thoughts can race even faster than a mile a minute, right? So I remember finding Shavasana also, that corpse pose, the lying down pose at the end of yoga, super challenging during those times. And that's where my kundalini practice came in really handy. Because in kundalini yoga, which is a, a kriya yoga where you do very fast, um, very dynamic movements sometimes, um, so if you've ever experienced it, you know there are tons of these so-called kriyas, also known as uh, cleansing techniques. And so though you're moving, mm, you can feel very meditative during these. Um, the most basic one, and still one of my favorites, is the Sufi circles. So what you do is you just come into an easy cross-legged position, right? And you start circling your upper body while the hips stay grounded to the floor. And just keep stirring and stirring the batter, if you will, with your spine. And notice how soothing this circular motion can feel. And just keep going, maybe switching directions after a while so that you can come to some sort of symmetry here. And there are tons of other kriyas and dynamic meditations um, in this yoga style. But just finding something for your body and your state of mind that really really works. And this is one of the simplest ones that I know. So last one, and probably, probably one of my most favorite ones, because I work with it a lot, and it's chanting mantras. So maybe very likely, you know what a mantra is, it's a kind of affirmation or a sentence or a light infused um, connection of syllables or words in Kabbalah, we have the 72 names of God, which I think are a great way to work with a mantra. But obviously also in yoga, we've got, I don't know, must be, must be thousands and thousands of different mantras. And um, those of you who know me, you've probably heard me, heard me say this many times that music has really saved my life on multiple occasions. I don't know what I would do without it, whether it was Sanatam Kaur, who's a beautiful Kundalini teacher and singer, or Snoop Dogg, which I'm pretty sure you're familiar with, is a hip-hop hip -hop artist and producer. It doesn't matter, but listening to my favorite music has been an incredible healer for me, both in grief and in anxiety, actually. So um, it may come as no surprise to you that Singing along to your favorite mantras or even singing by yourself can be the ultimate soother. I mean, there's a reason mothers or fathers uh, sing to their children, right? As just a way to really calm down the nervous system. Maybe as a child, you had to sometimes, I don't know, there's this old thing where we used to have to get bottles or, or, or some sort of storage stuff from the basement and children just start singing against the darkness, right? That's a good instinct to sing against the darkness. 
So if you're on one of those music streaming services, you know, the usual ones, there's thousands of artists and playlists to choose from, right? One of my favorites, because she sang fairly fast and stayed in the same tone the whole time, so it was easy to follow, was Deva Premal. Um, I also love the angelic voice of Joe, of Ido and Joe, and then there's Niranjan Kaur's Adi Shakti meditation. There's like tons of meditations and mantras out there. So have any of your favorites downloaded to your smartphone, maybe even, so you don't need the Wi-Fi, just in case it happens in a subway tunnel. And slip on the headphones whenever you feel like it and you need to have speedy comfort. Maybe even just say a mantra to yourself over and over again. Um, one of my favorites is, as always, also one of the simplest ones I know. Um, it's So Hum. And I love it because that's exactly how the breath to me sounds. When you draw in the breath, so and exhale, hum. And just keep saying that to yourself over and over again. So those are my strategies, my six go-to steps, not all of them at once probably, but just to have some alternatives, something to play around with in the calmer times so that when, when that old undesirable friend anxiety hits, you have a way to maybe combat it. I'm probably going to do a second segment on this because these were just sort of about the steps. Mm. And in the second segment, I want to talk a little bit about where anxiety might actually be useful. Now, I realize that it's a very heretic sort of statement, but just to look into some of the ways that I've learned not just to live with it, but to recognize it as the teacher that it actually is, and that it doesn't have to be this unwelcome guest who frightens you at your doorstep and then never leaves the house, right? So hopefully I'll get to that next time. And until then, I'm really hoping you'll leave me some comments as to whether or not this was useful to you. Maybe you also have some strategies you want to share. I'll be really happy to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you.